Greetings, and welcome to the Thirsty Mage, the podcast that is reminding everyone about Mother's Day with a special holiday episode. I'm your host, and someone who has certainly never forgotten that Mother's Day is the first Sunday in May, David Lloyd, and in this episode we talk about some of the famous mothers found in our favorite RPGs. It's a surprisingly shallow pool of content to pull from, uh, it was a little bit harder than we were expecting actually, but uh, we definitely got some great examples to talk about. And rounding out the panel is a gentleman who proudly wears the label of Mama's Boy, Casey Gibson. I, I will admit, yes, I am a mama's boy, and, and I too have never forgotten Mother's Day, but I did one time sort of forget my mom's birthday, but not really. It was like, I know my mom, it's my mom's birthday is one week after Valentine's Day, so it's like nice and easy to remember. And I like I was like, like oh, I'll like text my mom, you know, right when it flips in uh, to her birthday, you know, because she's, she stays up pretty late. So, you know, it was like, I think like 10 minutes after midnight, and like my dad texted me and he's like, hey, like it's you, you text your mom for her birthday. And I was like, geez, I'm like, it's been 10 minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and then I realized I completely botched the days and like it was actually the 22nd. You know what I mean? And I was just yeah. I, I knew I was going to text her and I, I was like, oh, my God, I completely. So that whole day I felt so bad, like looking back that whole day. She was just, I, I don't want to say she was waiting around for my phone call, you know. But, you know, expecting for me to call at some point, and then I just didn't. And then I was like, I swear I didn't forget. I just messed up the day. <laughs> I did feel like a, a little bit of a jerk bag, though. So I guess the next year you must have called super early or got her a nice present or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but the next year, I, was, I think I literally at 12.01, I was like, not this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my mom's birthday is five days before mine, so it's pretty hard to forget that. Uh, yeah, and then if you forget, no present for David. <laughs> That's right. There's <laughs> there's consequences if I forget. <laughs> I would say she can't have a short memory because it is literally too short of a time to even forget that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. No, there's uh, there'd be retribution very quickly uh, for <laughs> sure. Before we get started, though, on the episode, the Thirsty Mage is happy to announce the impending launch of Journey of the Hero, a new podcast network that will have its own channel when the Apple Podcast app launches subscriptions later this month. At $2 a month, you'll get access to a premium version of this podcast, plus access to a second show we'll be launching, which will be called Abend Time. Abend Time will feature the same crew that's here at the Mage, and will maintain the same spirit, but it expands outside the RPG genre to take on games and topics across the entire video game spectrum. Our first episode is actually about the games we played as children, and how it's determined our taste in video games to this day. And we have follow-up episodes diving weekly, which take on topics like top-tier lists, and spoiler casts, and a whole lot of fun stuff. But if all of this sounds just too exciting to wait, it is all currently available right now through our Patreon. Along with access to the new podcast, you also get a host of other benefits, such as voting on the episode topics that get chosen, early access to each of the pods, and access to our video game club. So if you'd like more information about that, head on over to patreon.com slash thethirstymage, or you can join our Discord channel for more information. Ooh-wee! There's no, uh, no Jordan this week. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Until he finds that new that new dessert, he's he's on a boycott, I guess. Hunger strike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gone. He's on strike. He's uh, demanding a uh, some kind of dessert that that's uh, what's the list like? They they can't have any lactose. They can't have sugar. It can't have cinnamon. It can't have cocoa. So uh, well, I might just he's gonna just be eating like a plate full of dirt. But it's like this is the <laughs> only thing that doesn't make me blow up into hives or something. We'll have to send him uh, some cane sugar licorice. Or, I'm sure there's like uh, something, some English uh, toffee or something that we can pick up that has uh, maybe made out of caramel or something like that. Can, can he still have maple syrup? Oh, that's a good question. I think I think he'd be all right with maple syrup. Because I was going to say, if he can't, if he can't eat it, does he have to leave Canada? Like, do they kick him out? <laughs> you know, that, that, that's that is a good question we'll have to check the citizenship test for that one but uh if uh maple syrup is on the list i'll have to send him uh, one of our one of quebec's finest uh sugar pies so mm. made made directly it's just basically a crust and then they pour pour some maple syrup in it as the filling <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that i i know but i, I swear uh, i just i picture jordan in like laying in bed every night like getting ready to sleep and then he just can't and he's like, why? Why did I take that <laughs> damn test? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
It's it's one of those things. If it ain't broke, uh, why look into it? Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's funny that we were talking about maple syrup because uh, I'm back on the the beer of the week here, and uh, this week I'm talking about, and I'm I'm back to butchering names because this is a French beer too, La Pure Lane. Um, I'm probably really butchered that, but La it's, uh, it's a Lainey. maple brown. It's a maple brown Scottish ale from Lavoie Malte, and uh, this is uh, this is a Scottish ale that's brewed with Canadian maple syrup. Mm. So, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm doing my Canadian duty by ingesting that uh, that maple syrup in in my veins at uh, at a five point five alcohol content, which is it's a little bit low, but that's it's okay. The sugar is uh, makes up for it with uh, an eighteen IBU, so it's not uh, the hop is pretty low, so it's it's. It tastes good. It's like it's basically like a Scottish ale if anyone's had one, and and just think of like having a hint of maple at the end of the sip. Nice little aftertaste kick. Yep, just to, just to give you that smooth, uh, clean feeling on the way down. I guess. Mm. Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. right into it with the famous RPG mothers and uh, like I said it's funny that going back and kind of thinking about our favorite games it feels almost feels like uh, an underutilized uh, story beat to a certain extent we're looking back and looking at the different mothers and uh, when it comes to like main characters or or storyline additions it just it, it seems like they're just there's not a whole lot of them but there was a few Good, good examples that we could talk about. Leave a lot from some of our favorite games, and uh, we're gonna start off with uh, Earthbound and talking about Ness's mother. I was gonna say, aka Mother in general, right? The series, it's it's right there, smacks yeah. you right in the <laughs> yeah, face right. when yeah. when we're thinking about which uh, which mothers to talk about. Yeah, a little too obvious almost to yeah, to go, nail to on go the directly head. <laughs> to Mother, but yeah, exactly, but. Uh, I don't. She's she's a great one to start off with, really, though, because uh, it's one of those things. Like she's a she's very useful in the sense that uh, Ness can always go home and get a, a nice home cooked meal to refill all his uh, his health. And she's actually baked into the mechanics to a certain degree because Ness actually can't go for I I don't know. I guess I should have looked at the specific amount of time that it takes. But if you don't call your mother within a certain period of time. Ness becomes homesick, and it actually affects his uh, his attacks in battle. You know what? That's such a great little touch to sort of sort of ground the game a little bit, right? Like obviously, Mother or Earthbound, it, it's it's very whimsical and like, oh, there's a talking bee, but he's not really a bee. There's meteorite, this uh, like weird cults, and this, that, and the other thing. And, and it is definitely a very strange game, but I love that it's like. Obviously, you know, you're going from town to town, but just to sort of incorporate Ness's mother and his father, you know, to an extent as well, you know, phone, phoning him up kind of thing. I, I I like that they it keeps in perspective that at the end of the day, you're just a kid, right? Like you're yeah. you're a little kid going out and you've got your baseball bat. You know, it's not like you've got you're out there with a sword or, or magic. Well, I mean, you know, whatever. Um but like I just love how it it they made the game feel relatable in that sense, right? And especially like the first time I ever played this game was, I mean, it had to be like sixth or seventh grade because I remember my buddy brought in the uh, he had the big box with the the player's guide and the scratch and sniff um, like stickers or or pages whatever they were. So it. it it made it feel relatable, you know, especially as a, a young kid at the time, too. But, yeah, I mean, it's not obviously a very huge mechanic, but, uh, you know, I, I think it is cool that it actually does affect the gameplay in battle, you know, with, with this homesickness and just a, a cute little nod, right? Yeah, like, I totally agree. It, it really keeps in perspective that these are just kids out on an adventure, almost like the, the, the Goonies, I guess, <laughs> to, to a certain extent with... <laughs> Kind of the hijinks they're getting into, and uh, having that mechanic yet. So the so the way it actually affects Ness is that it'll it can cause him to lose turns. Like uh, when it, when it, his turn is to come up for attack, if he's homesick, then he might not not do the the action that you assign or whatever. And 
and skip his turn while he thinks of his mother and yeah it's just it's just a neat little mechanic because it's like you said it's it's these kids and it's putting it in perspective that that these kids are they're not home they're 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 off and and uh just like every other kid that's probably out there like there be there comes a time when you just want to go home <laughs> and, it, and it gives you that uh that motivation to uh to give a give a call to your parents or and or even make that trip home and, and yeah get the get that little boost so it's yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty neat mechanic i it, it's like you said just one of the many details in earthbound it just seems like a very details oriented rpg like when you actually get down to the nitty-gritty and and notice like all these different mechanics it's a it's a great inclusion yeah and, and like we we're saying right it's sort of a, a a pretty small little thing but it's one of those things you end up remembering you know you take that away like oh like a cute clever little mechanic that you know, again, probably doesn't affect too many players in the large, large scheme of things in terms of the actual game. But, you know, it, it's something that all of a sudden a cute nod that we can look back and sort of say like, eh, I, I like those little tiny decisions that sort of differentiate games, you know, especially, you know, back then with the turn based combat, like a lot of the, the combat, right, was pretty similar. So to have cute little things like this thrown in there, I think uh, adds nice little spice and and we know uh, Earthbound is definitely full of full of spice. <laughs> That's right. Our our next mother on the list is actually uh, has some connection to Nessa's mom from Earthbound because the next game on the list is uh, Undertale, and uh, we all know that uh, Earthbound had a lot of impact on a lot of the story beats and and the gameplay that happens in Undertale. And the mother that we're looking at, I guess not technically the protagonist mother, but uh, definitely a mother figure in Toriel. So she's the, uh, I guess, a, a monster of some kind, kind of like a almost goat looking, I guess, to a certain degree. I'm not sure <laughs> how to exactly describe her, I guess. Don't talk but, about uh, my mom that way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Toriel uh, save, saves the protagonist uh, right off the bat uh, from Flowey when you first get uh, first fall down the hole. And Flowey uh, decides that, uh, you know, they're going to take out the human. But uh, no, she she appears and, and fights off Flowey and then takes you. It's basically she's like the tutorial section of Undertale, I suppose, where Toriel actually like walks you through the, the ruins of the dungeon in, in the, the first like area. And uh, you end up back uh, back at the house, uh, Toriel's house, and she bakes you a pie and uh, gives you room to live in and stuff and, and wants to protect you and and keep you keep the protagonist around like really wants to doesn't want them to go out on their own into the monster world where danger lurks and then gets to the point where uh like obviously the the game has to continue so the protagonist uh <laughs> leaves the leaves the house and finds the entrance to the dungeon and then toriel uh kind of like blocks it so that uh to say like no you you can't go in you you'll get hurt or whatever and and she ends up being like the first uh i guess boss battle if you want to call it that uh, where kind of I, I suppose in a sense she's kind of testing your your determination to move on through the the monster world so uh on a pacifist run you obviously wouldn't wouldn't want to hurt her <laughs> so uh you, you just kind of uh absorb the attacks or whatever uh, do do the, the the mechanic take your um, beam yep or uh <laughs> if you do go on a genocide run then then you can actually kill her unfortunately i guess not in the spirit of what we're <laughs> talking about tonight i guess but it certainly is uh, an option, I suppose. I was going to say, yeah, the, the pacifist mode, it sounds like a New York sports fan mode. Just just sit there and take the beatings. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Can I have yeah. some more? And the, <laughs> and the yeah, the other the other little nod, I guess, that the Toriel has to Nessa's mom is that uh, Toriel gives you a, a cell phone. Uh, so it's so that you she there's a point where Toriel kind of leaves you in the ruins to kind of fend for yourself in a certain room or whatever, but there's a phone that you have that you can call her. So that, that reminded me of the Ness's mom with the calling there, though. Though there's no no homesickness mechanic in Undertale. I, I'm sort of surprised they didn't. I mean, I haven't played Undertale, but I know obviously, right, as you sort of mentioned, uh, as we, we phased into this game, was like super, uh, super strong ties and, you know, not a uh, uh, successor by any means, but a spiritual successor to Earthbound, more or less, right? Like, uh, in the same vein. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't have something like that, a little tip of the cap, 
even more obvious to to Earthbound. But it, but then again, I guess it doesn't really need too many more <laughs> nods. Yeah. Well, as an Earthbound fan yourself, you you've never felt compelled to to pick this one up, eh? Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Um, I like Earthbound, right? Like, it, it's definitely not my favorite game of all time or anything, but I definitely really enjoy Earthbound. So I'm sure that I would like Undertale too. But yeah, I don't know for whatever reason. I've heard a lot of the soundtrack, and it's like incredible. So mm-hmm. it, I, it seems like I don't know. It, it really should be on my menu or my menu on uh <laughs> on my uh, radar, but um. Maybe one day, one of these days. I'm sure yeah. it'll probably be on sale at some point. Yeah, like I think, I'm trying to remember how much it was on Switch. It was like 15 or 20 bucks, I think. And I'm sure it was on sale often. I'm looking at on uh, PSN, it's $15 and it's down to ten fifty right now. <laughs> on sale. But yeah, it's on sale yeah, for the next week and change. Yeah, it's one of those games. I Like if you do a pacifist run, it's almost questionable if it actually is an RPG anymore. Just in the in the way that the the combat works, uh, like if, if you're doing a pacifist run, you're not really doing combat. There's like this very uh, unique mechanic of you may have seen it before, where there's like a box and and then the heart, and the, you're basically like following patterns to keep yourself alive. And that's so it's if that's the way you're playing, it would it almost be like Paper Mario, I guess. Hmm. Like it, it might even be closer to a Paper Mario feeling or maybe in the sense of uh the linear adventure with some sort of weird combat <laughs> yeah but not yeah. yeah unless you do the genocide run and which uh, funny to, funny enough is uh, i went with the pacifist one which is about basically the exact opposite of my usual way i play rpgs so so is it really yeah. just do you have to like elect in the beginning or is it just i mean could you do both just like sometimes like I don't want to battle and sometimes I want to throw down or is it like a, <laughs> no. a, a decision you, <laughs> you make? literally can't fight anybody like you, you so you get into fights but you um there's so in the in the menu there's like a talk to the enemy and then the enemy does an attack and then you have to avoid the attack in in the square like you basically move the heart around to avoid the attack and, and you have to kind of find the pattern to get the enemy to stop but you can't you can't attack any of them to get the true pacifist run. Like, mm. everyone has to stay alive. Interesting. Yeah, to me, like, I guess the the thing, like, I didn't choose it per se. Like, I, I knew going in that, that this existed. And the pacifist run is is the, I believe it's considered the true ending. So that was the reason I went with that. And uh, don't regret doing it, though, because the ending was incredible. The final boss is one of the, craziest final bosses i've ever played in a in a video game interesting so it was and, it was pretty neat and so. it's not a really super long game right no no you can get through it pretty quick uh i think like in my pacifist run it was probably six or seven hours something like that and i didn't necessarily go like there are places that you can explore and there's i didn't talk to as many people as i could have like a lot of the what people like about it is the discussions and dialogue between characters and uh, so i i did do some of that but i definitely didn't do everything so yeah that, that'd be how i play it for sure you could probably do it in about five to seven hours or so and then maybe a few extra hours if you went back and kind of uh looked looked into a few more different areas that were neat hmm. yeah i'm gonna have to keep that on the on the menu at some point too many games too many <laughs> too many games <laughs> hashtag yep But the next game is definitely a game that uh, you've en- you enjoy and uh, we play often is the Chrono Trigger. Woo-wee. Yes, sir. So this one comes with a bit of a spoiler warning if you haven't played Chrono Trigger. If you haven't, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah. I've try- I, I'll be the, the first one to yell for the mountaintops. Like I played this game a whole bunch of times and never got super duper far into it for some reason or another, but... I, I mean, I don't know how many years ago it was at this point in time now, but I, I finally buckled down and did it. And my God, if you have not beaten this game, do yourself the favor. And and first, <laughs> you should probably skip this little segment. <laughs> to, I mean, it's not a yeah. huge spoiler, but it, I think it's a, a really cool moment. You, would, you wouldn't want it to be spoiled. Um, but yeah, definitely check this game out. Yeah, it's worth, worth experiencing on your own. Uh, so I, I'm actually going to put... The, I'll chapter each of the, the different mothers. So 
you can just skip to the next chapter uh, to, to get to the next one if you don't want to be spoiled for Chrono Trigger. But this is the mother of Luca. So this is Laura. And um, yeah, it's one of the more one of the more touching storylines in Chrono Trigger. So uh, Luca is the uh, kind of like the uh, scientist uh, fix it person in Chrono Trigger. And uh, one of the things is that one of the motivations for her to to be so smart and to be so determined in uh, the inventing and and science and stuff is that uh, her mother got into an accident, uh, I guess, 10 years before the start of the game, I suppose, 99 or 990 AD. Yeah, yeah. And, nine um, years, so, right? Yeah, or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. So she got um, so Laura got into an accident and she's no, la- no, no longer able to walk and kind of just sits in her room, kind of just despondent you know, just kind of just sitting around, like kind of lost her kind of vibe for life, I guess. Depressed. She was depressed. That'd be the best way to put it. So obviously with Chrono Trigger, there's a time mechanics. So you can actually go back in time to the moment that it happens. And uh, as, as the, the older, as the older Luca goes, like you, you can actually go in and prevent the, the accident from happening. Which in the future, like when you end up going back or, or finishing the game or whatever, uh, Luca's mom is saved. <laughs> so, or she, like she's said, able to walk and and is, you know, part of the family or whatever. Like it, it basically fixed, quote unquote, time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. And what's interesting is, if I remember correctly, right, it isn't a guarantee because, yeah, you're going to be going back in time. And, and this is post game or, or not post game. But like towards the end of the game, sort of pretty much like you could sort of freely travel throughout time. Um, and this will be one of those ones because I believe it yields, right? There's like a, a handful of uh, quests that are completely optional, but they end up giving yeah. you some real good pieces of gear uh, to, you know, go go fight Lavos with. Um, so this is something you totally don't even need to do to beat the game at all. And also, like I said, if I'm remembering correctly, you can actually fail saving her, right? You can, you'll, yep. you could go back, you, can. <laughs> you could see the tragedy about to happen, and like you need to. I don't think it's like the tightest um, time frame, right? But like you need to be uh, diligent and be paying attention to go save her. So you can actually yep. mess it up, and then you just witness it right in front of your face. And nothing changes, yeah. right? So it's it, it's sort of cool that it isn't just a oh I stumbled across this and we fixed her. It's now I've stumbled across this and now I'm actively fixing it. You know, I, I always thought that was sort of a cool moment that n- not only do you go back and save her, but you can actually go back and just not prevent it from happening. Yeah, I remember when I did it, I was panicking. <laughs> like I I I can't remember the exact mechanic that you you have to do, but I just remember. Like watching her get closer and closer, and just like no, 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 yeah, and don't do it. At the last second, <laughs> at the last second, the machine stopped, and then uh, she was saved. So uh, yeah, it was it was stressful. I guess would be the the way to put it. Like there there is a bit of work that's involved to with some fast fingers to get in there and and do the right thing. But yeah, like you said, it's if you if you're not uh, if you're not paying attention, you can blow it. Now, this next mom we have here, I don't really know too much about, so you're going to have to take... You never played Fallout 4? So, I um, I did for like a second. I, I mean, it was oh, yeah. it was more than a second, but... um, Wait, no, wait. I'm trying to think. Is there is there five? Is there Fallout 5 or it's 4 and then they went to 76? Yeah, 4 then 76. Okay, then yeah. I did play 4 when it first came out, but yeah, I didn't get very deep into it um so i i totally am not very familiar um with what's going oh durr okay now i'm all right yeah now it's starting to come back to me i i I was reading the the vault dweller as you put here and i was thinking like is there just some like vault mom but now now it's yeah now it's coming back together yeah just the the name of the main character yeah yeah now now i remember yep i remember that situation yeah, so it's a it's a so Fallout Four is a little bit different in the sense like because you choose your own sex, so you could actually be the father or the mother in this specific situation. Uh, when I played Fallout Four, I uh, I chose uh, the the female role, so I I was the mother, and so the the way the game starts off is that it's kind of like in this sixty setting. There's uh, you know I believe it's China that the U.S. is uh, in aggressions with, 
and the um the there's a the threat of nuclear annihilation i guess and so the the family uh, there's the um husband and wife and a baby the baby Sean and so the so the the sirens go off and at the beginning of the game this is basically the way that it starts that the the nuclear bomb sirens are going off so they're they're told everyone run to the vault run to the vault so they're all uh running together to the vault and they they just make it there they're basically the last people in the vault 111 um uh, because as the vault uh, is basically they're being lowered into the ground and the the you see like the it close above you and then like the bomb hits so they they just make it in there and when they get into the vault the i guess the the protocol is that they're all being like uh, chirogenic or cybergenically frozen so you you're all being like hustled into these pods and so you get into one pod and then the pod directly across from you is it, so if you're playing the female role it's like your husband and Sean are together in this other pod and and you see them close and then it kind of freezes them and then what happens is is that sometime in the future someone comes breaks into the vault and they they're unlocking or or I guess melting the the husband and Sean across and as the you you can see I don't remember if there's for if it just something like if yours gets triggered open as well for some reason or malfunction or something but you actually witness Sean being taken and uh and then the the husband gets killed mm. they because like the husband is trying to like basically like won't won't give up the baby so they end up shooting him and taking the baby again this is all like the beginning this is how the game starts so it's not yeah it's right not off the spoiler. bat yeah yeah <laughs> yeah this is this is before the game actually really gets going so yeah so basically the vault dweller um wakes up at this point and and she goes and sees like her husband is is still in the the pod and and she leaves the the vault and the it, with one goal of like i'm going to find my kid so she she goes out into boston on the, to find sean so uh, I guess I don't. I won't get too far. <laughs> I won't get too far into the story because there eventually there there will be spoilers. But uh, what I'll say is that uh, she does find Sean at some point, and uh, I guess how good a mother you are to Sean really comes down to the choices that you you make. Because uh, there there's uh, with Fallout games, obviously there you you get to choose the morality of your choices or whatnot. So uh, there there will become a time where uh, you'll be able to either uh reconnect with him or or not or, or <laughs> not <laughs> i don't know if i want to go much much more detail uh than that but yeah it's it's uh it's one of those things i guess it's not exactly what you might think it, it kind of the, the story takes a bit of a turn so it's i don't, I don't want to get too much into it because fallout 4 is i guess it's been around for a bit and uh but it's it's still a game that maybe people haven't gone back to, and I believe well, it's definitely on series. Like if you have a Series X, it's in Game Pass, so I know it's free there. I almost I thought for a minute it was one of those games in the uh, PlayStation Plus. Remember there was a bunch of games that PlayStation was given for free that were I remember um, like Final Fantasy fifteen and Persona five, like they were. Yeah, I'm, part of that PlayStation Plus program. I can't remember if Fallout Four was one of them. I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I, yeah, part of me wants to say yes, but then part of me is like no. Um, hmm. Let me see if I could pull it up in the PlayStation app here. Uh, because it, if if it if I have it in my library, then I would say yes. But um, I wonder. I bet you they took it down. <laughs> if oh, it is in there. Oh, is it still in there? If it's not there anymore, it's because of the it's it's because of the new partnership. But it definitely was there before. Yep, I've got yep, I've got Fallout Four there. It's in my library, so I I got it from that that screen. So if it's not there okay. now, it, it at least was at one point. Yeah, if if this is something, if uh, people are interested in Fallout Four, you can play it for free on either place PlayStation Five. I think play it was also available in PlayStation Four as well through the. the Plus collection is, and honestly, I bet you you could find a physical copy, pretty, pretty cheap. cheap, if I had to guess. Yeah. But yes, you could take over this one because uh, this is a bit of a short one, but a fun one. Boom! 
Yes, this is a little shorty. Yeah, we were trying to think, right? Of course, it's sort of like I'd mentioned earlier, right? When you're thinking about famous moms, you're thinking for sure Ness, Ness's mom. You're thinking about Stacy's mom because she had it going on. Um, <laughs> how many times I heard that Casey's mom's got it going on, dude. Uh, un, I can't even you just count. imagine. But uh, this this little mother came in pretty early on in my gaming career, and probably for many people as well. And that is actually the mother penguin from Super Mario sixty four. Now she plays a, a bit little role. Uh, she has lost her her baby penguin. So who's to say how good of a mom she really was? <laughs> it's up for debate. For the sure. jury's still out. Yeah, the jury's um, still out. Now the question though is, were you? the 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 good samaritan who brought her her little baby penguin back and got yourself a a shiny power star or are you the monster who brought brought that little baby penguin up and chucked it off the side right in front of mom <laughs> cuz i know people out there listening there are a couple of monsters out there they they they've done it yeah i know i've done both i've I'll probably done, I've both done both as well <laughs> we're all monsters <laughs> yeah well you just sometimes you just got to know what happens right Mm, yeah yeah i feel like now nowadays like the big penguin would just like bump you off like bumper cars like it just run into you and knock you off the edge (laughs) that would that would be an interesting if they ever remade super mario 64 i think that would be a good a good change that if you actually did that or tried to do that then the the mother penguin (laughs) would attack you and make you lose a life i think that would be a pretty neat upgrade yeah it's like a zelda right when he when he slashes the cuckoos like or whatever. That's right. <laughs> they also eventually start coming at you. Yeah, this would be you'd be yep. the wrath of Mother Penguin. Yep. Boom. No, I think that would be fair. Or maybe she calls in. Uh, she calls in a bunch of penguin friends, and they all come and beat the crap out of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they should have added that into the All Star mix. Like, uh, can you imagine <laughs> they just threw that in there? <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity. Oh, man. famous mom here again very questionable in terms of how good of a mother she might have been in a, a parental <laughs> aspect uh but we were talking about delia D- delia ketchum right uh, that's how yep delia ketchum delia delia De- yeah I'm... delia i don't know from pokemon always, always just delia. known her as ash's mom yeah that's yeah all. <laughs> ash's mom is you yeah you, you've got yeah. me all mixed up here with the actual name <laughs> uh yeah so this I is i know uh, the original mom from Pokemon Red and Blue, and um, yeah, she she is definitely a mom, and she definitely hangs out in the house there, <laughs> and then she just sends yep. her child packing, like, oh, you're, you've hit the ripe age of 11 years old, it is now time to get the heck out of my house, <laughs> That's right. and let me, Here's your bag. let me pay attention, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she practically, don't let the door hit you on the way yeah, out, yeah, she practically gives your, your bud a little kick on the way out, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, you know what? Sometimes that apparently uh, it's a great parental strategy to breeding a top tier Pokemon trainer. I guess to be fair to her, um, although I know technically like Asha is not really red, I guess or there there's a connection there, but not exactly. I don't, I don't even think Asha's supposed to be red. I know that we we know her. We know Asha's mom more from the anime. Uh, I don't know about you, Casey, but I, I, I've seen ton of that Pokemon anime, both when I was growing up uh, as a kid and back in the 90s. Week. And also, uh, yeah, I, tech, I, I did see the entire Pokemon Sun, Pokemon Moon anime because my kids had watched it. Is it any good? It's actually pretty good. It's it's I would say that not much has changed <laughs> from the original. Like it, you still have Team Rocket in, in the, the Alola region. So they're still up to to their thing but there's but instead of like always blasting off there's uh there's actually this other thing where they're they end up becoming friends with an with a beware i don't know if you remember that pokemon from sun and moon um but the beware always shows up at the at the last second to to take them off like to basically you know the the blast off is the beware picking them up and taking them or something (laughs) or he's always like blowing their their uh, their cover 
their cover, yeah, or their plans. And um, it's it's funny. There's actually an episode in Pokemon Sun and Moon anime where uh, Team Rocket actually beats Ash and captures Pikachu. <laughs> and uh, they would actually would have won like it was done and everything but where ends up showing up and, and blowing it for them like that's oh. the only reason ash ends up getting away so he's literally the perfect team rocket pokemon yeah he fits right yeah, in. exactly yeah and i don't know if i want to spoil it but there's something happens in pokemon sun and moon that never happened in any uh previous pokemon anime before that mm. the intrigue involving ash yeah, yeah I, I used to watch the original um, the original anime back in the day, and I feel like I've definitely seen some random episodes or your bits of episodes um, since. But yeah, I always thought it was a good Pokemon. Uh, excuse me, a good anime. Um, you know, I'm not like the biggest anime fan. Although honestly, I I, I wish I watched more. The, the problem is, Caitlin doesn't want to watch any anime, dude, and it's like. If, if like <laughs> yeah. if I'm not watching TV with her, it's like I'm usually I'd rather just play games or something, you know, because I've heard some some good one like Hunter Hunter X Hunter or Hunter Cross Hunter or something. Yeah. I hear is a good one. I watched a little Attack on Titan back in the day it was pretty cool. But yeah, I feel like the, the cool thing with the Pokemon animes were and especially back when it was just really, you know, primitive pixel art was just to see the the world in beautiful color right beautiful animation to see these these pokemon sort of interact in in more than just like oh that's their butt and they're doing a move or like oh that's their face <laughs> and like that's the one i'm trying to you know knock down but uh but yeah i mean i, I guess we're sort of sh- straying off the the focus on mom <laughs> per se but uh but yeah, yeah. well the our our last uh good mother i guess we'll, we'll call it because we're well we still have a, a last call that involves mothers but our last uh, positive experience with mothers is um technically we didn't see a whole lot of her in the video game series uh, so it, it, it this is almost ending with a with a call out to cd project red for not uh, not giving her, her her due and this is yennefer from the uh, witcher series yeah it's, it's one of those things like the the I'm always I, getting confused now because having I really love the Witcher series on Netflix, but then the 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 I've only played Witcher three and the the stories are pretty far apart. Like they're 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 not really on the same things. But I know with Yennefer, the the basic premise I guess is that she ends up um, giving up her fertility to to I guess like I don't know how close the Netflix <laughs> adaptation of the book was, but to to I I guess in in the the adaptation it was to to make her pretty I guess like to to fix her up or whatever and so she ends up uh, giving up her her fertility for that so she she cannot she can't have a baby and uh, Geralt as uh, as a witcher he he's not able to have uh, children either so the two of them like basically are both infertile but they Yennefer has always wanted to have a, a child like that was always something that she she grappled with so. Uh, when it came time that uh, Siri ends up with uh, Geralt, Yennefer obviously is is more than happy to take up that mother role. And uh, I know uh, just reading, I know in the books, uh, there's the thing is, is uh, I know a lot of fans out there and I was actually just reading uh, a forum post on CD Projekt Red uh, where fans were really kind of giving it to them for, for not including... Uh, that relationship as much in the Witcher series, like the video game series, especially in uh, the the third one, in the sense that uh, Siri, like there was that relationship between Siri and Yennefer uh, that that was built up, and to the point where Siri actually uh, chose to take on Yennefer's name. Like mm-hmm. obviously, there she had that connection with Geralt, but she ended up choosing uh, Yennefer as as the uh, taking her last name and, and calling herself the daughter of Yennefer. So. I, there's a lot of details I guess we could get into that maybe is probably best left for uh, for reading up. So I'm sort of surprised, right? Like they weren't able to sort of foster that relationship somehow. Maybe not within the main line. And again, I haven't really played. I, I mean, I played a very, very, very minimal amount of Witcher Three, but I know it's super dense with side quests and things going on in that regard, right? So I'm surprised they weren't able to, you know. Maybe even to just have like a, a string of side quests that really sort of illustrate how um, strong that bond was, right? But 
I yeah, wonder like, if that's something maybe they'll uh, maybe approach as sort of a criticism to improve upon in the next game, you know? Who knows when that'll ever happen, if it does, but uh, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, because I, I, having played Witcher 3, like, I know they... I, I could definitely feel that from Yennefer. Like, there was definitely... Yennefer's... You could feel that there was a connection that she had to Ciri and that she was spending, like, her time trying to find her and doing whatever it took to to find her and help her. And uh, so you could really feel the motherly uh, concern or, or love from Yennefer's point of view, but I, it didn't feel like like when they finally did meet up. Yeah, it didn't feel as reciprocated as it may have should have been or may maybe is, uh, is perceived in the books. Maybe it's, it's a little stronger there uh, to the extent where it's like you, you would think there would be a little bit more reaction. Like there is kind of like a hug <laughs> in the game. But it's not, it's not, you wouldn't get the, the same, the feeling from Siri that there was the same level of, of love coming back that, that you could feel from Yennefer going there. Um, it, it might have even have been the fact that the, the, the way they're playing up Yennefer kind of almost a little cold to, like, to people in general, I guess, like trying to create that character, uh, I guess I don't know, it, but it, you could definitely feel that she had that that level of love and concern for Siri. But yeah, it's just I don't know. It, it, I just know that having read some stuff, it just seemed like there was a bit of a disappointment in how that relationship ended up uh, coming to fruition in the in the game. So, hmm. yeah, interesting. I, I wonder if it was just either a lack of uh, like from the developer's point of view or the developer side, like just the like how strong of a bond that was, you know, or if it was just merely, oh, like it just didn't end up being portrayed as they want, you know, obviously video games, right? I feel like in terms of storytelling, sure, there are absolute wonderful examples. The Last of Us, right, is like they're sort of the pinnacle of storytelling within games. And then just maybe some some developers aren't there yet where where they can make that uh, that moment feel more special than it it's portrayed on you know through the characters. Yeah, I I would say that especially like CD Projekt Red, I I feel I don't I don't want to call it shallow because it's but it, it, there's there seems to be like a a bit of a missing emotion emotional. It's one of those things like I felt it more in Cyberpunk in the sense of like there's there's a little bit less of an emotional connection. That, that you can kind of feel. I guess in Witcher 3, there was certainly more of it, but you, you wonder how much of it, it just comes from the story itself as opposed to, like, the, the developers putting kind of their spin on it, I guess. Mm. I don't know, hard to say, but... Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that... Uh, ho- that the, they might have shortchanged it a bit in that one. So. This is the last call for alcohol this evening. Drink up, drink up, drink up, and order again. This is the last call for alcohol. Get going. But uh, that brings us to last call, and uh, we we talked about a lot of great mothers in RPGs. But it is Mother's Day, and as everyone knows, uh, some there's always with with the good comes the bad, and so we want to highlight a, a few of the worst or maybe the most feared mothers in in RPGs. And uh, Casey, you're going to kick us off with uh, a series that I haven't played too much of myself. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you take this one. This is uh, Annette Birkin of Resident Evil 2. Yes, so not quite an RPG, but uh, a, a, an infamous mother uh, nevertheless. Yeah, she makes her debut in Resident Evil 2. She is the husband of William, who is, you know, one of the top scientists, um, you know, big, big uh, antagonist character. Uh, sort of driving the plot forward. He's obsessed with uh, creating a, a, the, you know, the T the T virus is sort of what all the zombies, so your average zombies are, right? So they're working on the G virus, which would be, you know, like a, a real big step up in terms of bio weapons. Uh, so he ends up sort of like injecting himself, but he also uh, like tests on his daughter and stuff, you know what I mean? Like Like embryos within his daughter. And it's like, what's going on here? And obviously, Annette, uh, she is a, a scientist as well, and she just, 
you know, whether it is uh, blinded by uh, science and research, she lets these things happen, you know, uh, with her husband and her daughter and, and doesn't do much uh, to stop it. Um, but but yeah, I think it, it's pretty bad when when mom is working on some horrible uh, viruses to kill people and and isn't afraid to uh, <laughs> throw her kin into the fire. <laughs> no, that's uh, I, I think that would qualify or, or uh, you know, forgetting her her birthday or her mother's day, I think, would be justified in this case. Yeah. Yeah. No good. Um, and then just completely unrelated, I cannot wait till Resident Evil 8, which comes out in a mere few <laughs> days from recording this and will be out when you're listening to it. I'll be Well, is, it, is she, is the lady, what is it, Lady Demistriu? Uh, something like that. Yeah, she, the, the big tall woman with the, yeah. the, the big features. Well, I'm not sure if she's a mother or not. She could be. Yeah, you know, I know there are like three underlings. I don't know if they're her daughters or if they're just... Just that, her underlings, but uh, yeah, she. Uh, we might have an update on next year's Mother's Day list. Uh, throw her into the mix. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you got the pre-order on that one. You know what? I don't. I keep. I keep wanting to. Like I, I've been meaning to go over to GameStop or something, and I just, I just haven't got there. And I feel like at this point, it, I'm just gonna pick it up day one and hope they have it. Day one though. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'll be. I'll be playing this one. Uh, on Friday, absolutely. Sweet. Oh, look at that. <laughs> uh, Just looking at it sorry? quick. There's the, the Resident Evil Village Collector's Edition for $220, uh, which comes with a <laughs> a poster, a figurine, uh, some sort of box. <laughs> so funny. Oh, I won't man. be getting that version. <laughs> that seems fair. <laughs> These coll- I, I'd love to get collector's editions, but man, they, some, they, they can run up the price pretty quick on some of those. I always love a good JRPG collector's edition that throws in like the 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 art book kind of thing and maybe some like musical o- OSTs that end up only being like a little bit more expensive. But yeah, like this one is what the game's seventy and this the collector's edition's two twenty, and it's like I don't need these yeah. like I don't need a, a Chris Redfield figurine where and like it's <laughs> not like I'm looking at the stance. I don't know if it's final. Or not, it's not even like a cool looking figurine. <laughs> but anyway, it was with me with Trails of Cold Steel Four. It was, uh, I I'd love to get the collector's edition, but I think it was they were like one ninety nine or something like that. And it's like, oh man. <laughs> I think the most expensive I went is I have the Persona Five uh, collector's edition, like the original release, and I think I think it was like a hundred and twenty. Instead of sixty or something, or maybe just a hundred, because yeah, it's not too bad. And it's got like a bag in there and stuff, and and I really should just sell it. But but yeah, I've I've <laughs> I've calmed down a little. Oh, I guess I also I bought the Zelda Breath of the Wild one, that huge box. But as I get older and money, the real life things come up that cost more money. It's like yeah, I've been trying to 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 pump the brakes on too crazy spending. Yeah, exactly. But. But this next one, I don't really know either. So yeah, I'm gonna, we're going to just bounce these back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, so for me, the, the scariest mother I could think of in an RPG was Flemeth from uh, Dragon Age Origins. Oh, I thought you were so, going to say your mother-in-law. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no she's, uh, she's less scary than my own mother. So. Um, no, uh, the, uh, the Witch of the Wilds. So I, I I guess I should preface this one with a spoiler because there's uh, there's definitely um, it, obviously it's Dragon Age Origins is an older game I think it was like 2009 or something like that PlayStation 3 era game uh, so if anyone had any inkling of going back to that uh, it's not necessarily a main story beat per se but it it definitely will ruin one of the characters backstory so <laughs> I'll. Uh, I'll preface that as a spoiler, and again, I'll have chapters for everybody, so if you want to skip any kind of spoiler, but basically, Flemeth is the... So when you play when you start Dragon Age Origins, you, ru- you run into uh, Morrigan in the, in the wilds, and you end up going back to her place and meeting her mother, Flemeth. So um, Flemeth ends up sending Morgan off with you, but um, uh, the, the backstory to Flemeth, I guess, or the way that she became the Witch of the Wilds is... From what I can recall, I think it's all kind of vague and there's different stories that are going around. But I think the general idea of the story was that she was originally married to a noble in Ferelden. 
And then she ended up meeting a, a poet uh, that ended up, she ended up falling in love with. So she kind of took off on the noble. Uh, the noble was none too happy about that. <laughs> Understandably. Ended up, yeah, ended up killing the poet and imprisoning Flemeth. So while Flemeth was imprisoned, she ended up calling uh, a spirit that ended to, kind of, I guess, kind of save her or whatever. So the spirit ends up, she, she calls a spirit into their world. Uh, the spirit ends up um, kind of taking over her body or, or becoming one of their, I guess. And the, the, the spirit gave her the power to de- basically like end the noble, ends up killing the noble and his army and everything. And so just kind of tears everything to bits. And then ends up uh, fleeing to the woods and just kind of living uh, a, a hermit's life out there, I suppose. But one of the, I guess the spoiler part that comes up is that um, Flemeth has had daughters throughout the ages. And uh, like, so so all this happened like years and years and years before that game actually happened. And so there's this like understanding that Flemeth might be immortal and nobody quite understanding how she's immortal. And then you discover that the reason that she's immortal is because she ends up having daughters and then ends up like taking over the daughter's body, oh, like basically like moving from yeah moving from her body to the to the daughter. Yeah, like I said, it, it's a bit vague in the process that it works, or at least I, I from my memory, I, I don't recall exactly how it works. But I think it's it's not so much I don't taking over the body. Like I believe there is a bit of like a of an amalgamation between the two, but it's definitely like Flemeth obviously is like her personality still there. Her memories are still there and everything. And so that's kind of like the whole thing with Morgan is that she's basically the next daughter in line for Flemeth to, to uh, <laughs> consume, I guess, or whatever for, for her immortal life. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> as, as uh, mothers go, I guess, uh, you know, killing their daughter for their youth is, uh, probably, uh, pretty bad as well up there on the uh, the do not uh, not getting a card on mother's day uh, atrocities yeah i guess with a name like flemeth we should have been we should have been uh, you know something was up skeptical yeah, yeah. suspicious <laughs> yeah that's right well and uh, this uh, again i guess this this is more uh, uh, in your domain casey cuz i i know of the character but uh, i'll i'll let you finish up this episode with uh, your take on the the last bad mother Yes. So, um, again, I was thinking, like, trying to think of, of famous and infamous moms and and how how do you go much further without including Mother Brain from the Metroid uh, series, which, you know, I guess uh, sort of loose in terms of a, a true mother, right? Like, she, she's not, she's actually AI, right? So she was um, uh, uh, AI created by the Chozo, uh, but then when the space pirates invaded, uh, ended up flipping on them and and joining up with the space pirates and essentially with her, you know, super intellect, um, you know, crazy AI, she actually becomes the leader of the pirates and uh, greatly increases their efficiency as they sort of, uh, you know, slowly but surely take over space. And, you know, this is obviously, uh, well, I guess shouldn't say obvious, but if you've never played any Metroids, she's like the, the big bad in the very first Metroid for NES. Um, and then, you know, obviously the remake uh, Zero Mission, she's in there. I believe you see some flashbacks in Super Metroid of, of Mother Brain. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, not really necessarily a mother, but she takes over as the sort of the commander-in-chief uh, of of the space pirates. And, and it's just sort of interesting. I, I think it's a, a cool battle. It's literally like a huge brain <laughs> Like in a in a in a jar, like in this massive <laughs> jar. Um, so it's sort of funny that the AI is like literally represented by a, a like a manifestation of an actual brain. And I think it's just creepy, right? Like you're on this desolate planet. Uh, you've got these space pirates coming at you. You're very alone, and then you run into this big freaking brain in a jar, just unleashing business at you. But yeah, yeah, pretty. Pretty badass. And and then actually I was thinking too, right, this is unrelated. I know this is the last one we had here, uh, but I was thinking also uh, Adria from the Diablo series not being a great mother either. You definitely get into some spoilers with that one. We'll, we'll have to save that one for uh, for next next year's edition. We don't want to take up all the bad moms. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it almost seems like the, the bad moms are more prevalent than the good ones. There, then there's uh, not technically a mother either, but mm, Genova yeah. from Final Wasn't Fantasy VII. Wasn't that on the list before? Did, did... 
It yeah, was, was on the list. Say, I, I must have like, deleted it. Yeah, how, how did we go? <laughs> <laughs> we went through the whole the whole thing and didn't even mention. Well, let's let's talk a little. Let's finish with Genova. I think that's a better one. We'll we'll finish with one of the greatest RPGs of yeah, all time. Yeah, she's with a she's a she's a crazy one, huh? Like it sets off the um, the events for what a great story. <laughs> yeah. Well, the. Um, Genova's not technically the mother, like, uh, Sephiroth does have an actual mother. Oh man. Now I'm like, do we, do we well, want to get into that? Maybe we'll save it. Cause, who, cause who knows? Maybe there, there's a, with Final Fantasy seven remake on the horizon. Uh, I'm sure we'll have an episode, uh, about integrate and intermission or whatever the, whatever that game integrate, ends up being yep. called. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll definitely be talking about her there as well. Yeah, so maybe we'll save it for that because, uh, yeah, there, there's always, uh, again, we, we don't want to get too much into spoiler territory here. It's just supposed to be a, a fun episode about some of the different mothers, so we'll we'll leave it at that. But yeah, definitely definitely leaving some ammo for future Mother's Days. Like I said, we don't want to bust it all here when, when there's, it comes once a year, so. That's right. Well, I want to uh, thank everyone for listening to our episode about mothers. And uh, if we, I'm sure we've missed some. I know there was one in, uh, someone was telling me about A Mother in Lost Odyssey. And unfortunately, I, I haven't played that one yet. I've got it. I got it purchased. I got it in the, it's downloaded and everything. And I played the first about 20 minutes and <laughs> that's as far as I got because I've been distracted with a few other games. But uh, yeah, I'm still still working on Persona 4, which is uh, completely and utterly without any mothers. And well, there, I guess there's, there's, one social link that's the mother i guess but again mm. you, you don't really see the mothers of the uh the main cast of characters there for the most part oh i guess you see kanji's uh a couple and risei's a couple but oh the main yeah not, not no, big no. yeah not big events not big roles no uh what about you casey what are you playing these days well i'm still playing trials of cold steel i picked up pokemon snap so i've been playing that or new pokemon snap excuse me um, and then, yeah, I'm going to be playing Resident Evil uh, 8 this weekend, which I'm very excited about. And then I feel like we're on the, the beginning, right, of sort of going into, like, Final Fantasy 7, SMT3. Uh, I know there's some more bigger RPGs coming out as well. But, yeah, I, I feel like we're we're coming up to the, like, oh, we're going to get hit with a bunch of games. Then E3 is going to come out and hit us up with even more games to be excited about. So, uh, oh, the detective club that comes out soon for switch. I think that'll be pretty cool, uh, to check out. So oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You still got games. Eve's nine to play too. I know that's like, um, that, I was, I'm trying to think of a good treat to allude it to. It's like that. It's like the chocolate mousse pie sitting in the fridge, you know, <laughs> you know, it's there, you know, it's going to be delicious. It's just a matter of when you dig in. Ugh, I wish I had bought the physical copy of that one, because I would have, I would have sent it to, sent it off to you so that you could play it. But the, uh, I think when it first came out, the, I don't know if the physical copy was even available right away. I think it ended up getting delayed in the whole, uh, with the whole COVID thing. So, but yeah, it's it's still it's around there. I'm sure there'll be, uh, we're getting to the point where there'll be uh, a sale sooner or later, I suppose, too, because you'll be, I'm assuming you'll be looking at the PlayStation Five version of that one. Yeah, well, because I was thinking too, right? So we actually, I don't know how if you've been paying attention, but the uh, um, we got a date for Ease 9 on the Switch, and that mm-hmm. comes out uh, July 6th. So I'm already looking at it, yeah. Like, um, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I do love my games on Nintendo, my JRPGs, but honestly, yeah, I'd probably go PS4 because I know it's probably going to run and look better. Plus, like you said, I'm going to keep an eye out. I could probably snag that on a discount at some some point in time. Yeah. Mm, I can't wait. It's going to be so good. <laughs> it's going to be a fun summer uh, summer video games this year, and even more so now that we're, we have the second, uh, second podcast going, so even some of these non-RPGs that we'll be playing could end up over there. So, again, uh, just to remind everybody to head on over to patreon.com slash thethirstymage if you want information on how to get into the pod these the extra podcasts now was as well as even having a say in the topics and games that we cover but like i said otherwise uh, if you're an apple user uh, if you listen to this show through apple podcast there's uh the, with the latest update to the ios they apple has really updated uh the the whole podcast uh, app 
and they're going to be doing uh, paid podcasts or paid subscriptions right through Apple. So uh, if you haven't jumped on the uh, the Patreon for us yet and uh, looking for an easy way to support the pod, that's uh, that's coming up. So you'll you'll have access to two podcasts per week. We'll probably end up doing the Thirsty Mage on sa- sa- Sundays as usual, and then maybe the second one on Wednesdays. But uh, for for everyone else, though, the the free the, there will be no changes to this one, so <laughs> nobody no worries and no panicking for that one. So yeah, I guess I'll I'll thank Casey uh, for joining me for this episode of uh, the Thirsty Mage, and we'll see everyone out. We'll see everyone again next week. Yes, thanks, man. I appreciate it, and uh, definitely looking forward to hitting up. Those uh, Apple slash Patreon exclusives getting more out there for the people, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Happy Mother's Day, everyone! <laughs>